Today's video is all about pension fundamentals. What, whether, when, and how much. Giving you the specific kind of most fundamental elements of what you need to understand around the topic of pension so that you are able to decide how you apply it to your own life. Guys, this is an area that most people tend to neglect. They either end up later on in life with too little pension, having to work longer than they want to, not having enough money to have a great, you know, fruitful life. So they're stuck, you know, really in a tight spot. And we don't want to be in that situation, right? So the best way to do that is early on in life, as, as, as early as possible, we get our head around this subject and make a really good plan around it so that we can have a great life now, but all the way through to our later years as well. Guys, let's jump in. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Yes, we go through this awesome subject and that is pensions. So first area I wanna be going through is what is a pension? Now obviously, you know, most people kind of know basically what it is. But how much do you really know? Do you know all the key areas? So let me just cover those off first. So the idea of a pension is a way to build up money so that when you get to your later years, you are able to live off that money or subsidize your living with that pension so that you don't need to work, right? So the kind of classical view is you work for say 30, 40 years through your working life and then you get to retirement age, you retire and then you can live off that pension. Some people like to live late, uh, work later, some want to work earlier, uh, people might want to work less and then be able to supplement that with a pension but fundamentally that is the idea. So the government generally likes to encourage this because if you have people that have pensions with a decent amount of money, then it means that the, the population are more financially in a stronger position, right? Because certainly in the UK, they don't want people to get into real difficult situations because it will be their job to get those people back into a minimum level of standard. And that's why we have the state pension, right? So the more they can encourage people to uh, to build up pension in their own name, the less they're reliant on a state pension, the less they need to provide, okay? So they do that through specific ways. It is considered to be tax-free. A lot of people say, oh, you know, a pension is tax-free. Actually, technically, it isn't. It's really deferred tax, okay? And a lot of people don't realize this. So. What it's effectively doing is if you have money going into a private pension, it goes in pre-tax. So effectively the money going in hasn't been taxed. But when you then receive your pension later on in life, that is taxable. Okay, And we'll come on to why that's still considered to be tax-free or have tax benefits, but fundamentally it is deferred tax. Okay, so. When you then go to retire, at the moment at least, 25% of that pot of money that you've built up, you can take out tax-free. But the remainder, 
would need to be converted into a pension and when you receive that money it would be taxable okay now generally speaking people view that <clears throat> they would be earning less when they're um, kind of a pensioner rather than now because you're reducing your income your um you're kind of reducing what is your requirements in life. You may not have kids and so on. And so therefore, the assumption is you'd pay less tax or even no tax. But that is a big, big assumption. A lot of people are earning more when they're older than now. So it isn't always the case. Next one is the pension age. So you've got the pension age for private pensions and then you've got the pension age for state pensions. So if you're putting money privately, say through a, a company scheme, private pension age is 55. So if you're putting pot money into your pension pot, you cannot access that until you're 55. You simply can't do it before. There's a whole load of companies out there, you know, trying to tell you you can do it through some mechanism. But guys, don't even go there if, if you're tempted to take your money out earlier than 55. <clears throat> Because if you are able to successfully do it, they might be using kind of dodgy ways to do it, which might mean that you're liable to huge amounts of tax or, uh, you know, have to be, uh, be kind of prosecuted by the state as a result of that. Or, you know, at the very least, even if it's technically legal, you'll be paying huge amounts of tax or penalties to take that money out. So not a good thing, right? better way to decide is should you be putting money in the first place once it's in you should be looking at it as a one-way street money going into a private pension goes in there cannot be taken out until you're 55 you've got the state pension age and that's the age in which you can start receiving state pension from the government kind of like free money right yet it isn't because it is a give back for money you paid in taxes over your years so in theory, you shouldn't actually be getting a pension unless you've worked so many years uh, and paid your taxes. So if you've been paying PAYE through a company, working for a company, say, and each year you're paying your national insurance contributions. Well, every year you do that, you rack up more and more years towards your state pension. So effectively, the more years you've worked, roughly speaking, the more money you're going to get from your state pension. At the moment, it varies, but at the moment, you need to do at least 10 years in that situation to be able to get your state pension. So guys, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you run a business, right, or you're freelance and you work through a company and you pay yourself dividends and you pay yourself a very low national uh, very low salary and that salary is so low that you're not paying sufficient national insurance contributions that uh, trigger a year so to speak for the state pension <coughs> that means you are not building up years towards your state pension and you may receive very little ill no state pension so something to be mindful guys it's not just something everybody gets and it's the same amount it's actually a very complicated system. And really, I'm, I'm not going to go into it in this video because I could, be pay, I could be spending half an hour going all into the nuances. You're going to get bored. You're going to get confused and it's not helpful. But what I will say is just roughly how much you get. So for the basic state pension, which is kind of the old setup, 
it was 134 pounds and 25 pence at the moment each week so that's roughly seven thousand pounds a year the first thing is that's pretty low guys you know don't know about you but you know i'd really struggle to live on that amount right and i'm sure a lot of you watching would think the same so guys don't just assume yeah i'm going to retire you know later on in life and then i can just chill and get my state pension it's a very low amount the, the idea of it is is the absolute minimum the government can get away with giving you um, without getting you into a really difficult financial situation so do not rely on it you know in my mind do not rely on it every year you know they're considering trying to push the age up uh do you know in 10 20 30 years i wouldn't be you know i actually think the state pension provision will just get worse and worse and worse and that's because the amount of money the government has certainly in the uk is getting worse and worse especially with the huge stimulus we've had recently as a result of covid the age in which people are dying is getting higher and higher so the amount of money they're having to pay out is getting higher Governments at the moment are getting more and more financially strapped and pension payments are one of the highest liabilities for governments, okay? And they're trying to do all they can to pay as little as, much as possible. So the key message I wanna give you is you do not wanna rely on it. You wanna have something else instead. The new system, okay, pays out 175 pounds and 20 pence a week. So that's about 9,000 pounds a year, okay? So yes, that's a bit higher and technically it's not the case like that. So the basic system where it's about 7,000 a year, there's an additional pension scheme you can get. So you can get more with the new scheme. It's about 9,000 a year. It all depends on how many years you've worked and paid national insurance contributions. So guys, don't get too hung up on the amount. You could get less than that. You could get more. There's a whole load of variables that will determine that. But suffice to say, it's a very low amount and you know uh, you cannot rely on it going forward. It may be worse. It, the age in which you can get it might be later on in life, okay? Forcing you to work for more years until you can get it as well. So state pension age at the moment varies quite a lot. Anywhere from 60, for some people, to 68, okay? So at the moment, the latest possible age in which you could get state pension depending on how old you are or gender so if you're younger at the moment and you're a younger person and it's not going to be till quite some time until you retire you're not going to be able to retire and get your state pension until 68 that's pretty late right so you can't just you can't just rely on it and you could absolutely predict that going forward in later and later years that age might increase even further when the longevity of people is 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 potentially going to get higher and higher i personally think people can live longer and longer and as a result the state pension age is going to increase as well because they simply can't afford paying you for just those more years right okay so generally speaking historically a pension was considered to be something like what we'd call an annuity. So an annuity is an amount of money you get regularly, say every month, forever, right? So historically, what you would do is you get your state pension, but you would also, if you worked for a decent company, you would get what we'd call a defined benefit scheme. And what it would happen is you would generally speak working for one company your whole life. You'd spend 
say 30 years working there and they would promise to pay you a certain percentage of your income, final salary income, so that the salary in which you retired at, they pay a percentage of you of that to you from when you retire until you die. So it was really easy, guys. You knew you were gonna get a decent amount of income that was relevant to how much you were earning bef before you retired. So it was, it was equitable with what you were, were getting paid, your, st your standard of living before you retired, so you were able to maintain your quality of life. And you didn't have the risk because companies were taking that risk on. If you, if you died one year after you retired, then great, the company didn't have to pay much. Or if you had 50 years of retirement, they'd still have to pay you that same amount each month, right? They took that risk on, not you. But that changed a lot in 2008 because when all of the stock market dropped a huge amount by kind of over 50% and people started dying at a much, much later age, all of these pension funds that were supporting this <clears throat> got into massive liabilities. It crippled a lot of companies. Companies almost went bankrupt. Many companies struggled to, to really uh, to carry on operationally because of these huge, huge pension liabilities. So most companies got rid of them. Now, the problem with that is we then moved into a system where the individual, like you or me, had to take responsibility of that. So what it was called was a defined contribution scheme. So effectively, you as the employer, employee put some money in, the employer put some money in, you build that money over time so you've got this pot of money. So then when you go to retire, you've got this big pot of money, you can then do something with it, okay? And then at that point, you're encouraged to either just kind of control it yourself and take money out each month, or convert it into something called an annuity. So effectively, you go to an insurance company, you say, guys, I don't know, I've got £100,000. If I give you this, how much will you give me every month until I die? And they'll say, well, based on your age and your health condition and all of these factors, we think we're happy to give you £100 a month, every month until you die. And then you can say yes or no, and then you agree to that, and then you get that. The big trouble with this is that the amount of money you need to be able to get the kind of money you need each month to have the kind of quality of life that you want is way higher than I think most people realize. And this is one of the biggest ticking time bombs of our, um, of our century and our generation because the amount of money people are putting into pensions is so much lower than what people would, were, were effectively putting into their pensions previously under the old system. So when our generation goes to retire, people are gonna get a big, big shock. But I don't want you guys to have a big shock. I wanna make sure when you go to retire, you're gonna be in a really great position. So the best way to do that is to take charge, take control of the situation, put a really strong amount of money into a pension situation so that when you get into your later years, you're gonna have a comfortable, reliable, fruitful life rather than a life of struggle. Okay, 
So key part of it is that, you know, I've talked about this defined contribution scheme. That is effectively if you work for a company. So you put some money in, they put some money in, and it goes into a pension provider. For example, Standard Life. That money sits in there, it builds up, and then you can decide where you put that money, okay? It's your responsibility. So we'll come on to later where, where you could possibly put it and what are the options and so on, but it's your choice, right? So for a lot of people out there, they're like, well, I don't even know what my money is in. Okay, so that would be one of my first recommendations. Understand what pensions you have out there, how much is in there, how is it invested, whether that is a sensible solution for you. Okay, so they are the fundamental pieces I would recommend you understand when it comes to pensions. Second question is, should you invest in a pension, right? Well, the first point really connects to this death of the defined benefit and the kind of birth of defined contribution schemes. The responsibility of building up enough money into a pension so you can retire uh, with good quality of life is on you now. It is not on your employer. So if you work for a company, it's on you to know that how much money you're saving is enough. So if you're not sure, right, or you're not putting very much in, or you're putting a small amount, then the default would be you need to be putting more in, right? You need to be putting a lot of money into your pension because it, you, know, you need, I would say, you generally speaking, you need way more than you think you need to get a good pension out before you retire. The other thing is uh, state pensions are, you know, the age in which you can get it is much higher and you can't just assume you get it. It's a very small amount. So you absolutely want to be supplementing that with a private pension. With a company, they help that because they set it up as default. Government wants to make sure you're putting a private pension together. So your default will be a company will be opting into that. But many people don't work for an employer or don't work for an employer that offers at pension because it might be a really small company. So if that's your situation, you don't, you aren't doing anything like that. You absolutely want to be setting one up yourself separately, okay? So that you can start to take charge of that and build it up yourself. If you work for a company, a very common thing is that they will do a salary matching scheme. So they might say, you know, we'll put in up to 6% if you put in up to 6%, right? You put in 3%, we'll put in 3%. You put in 6%, we'll put in 6%. It varies company to company. They might put in less, they might put in more. It depends. But if you're getting that salary matching scheme, then whatever money you're putting in, you're getting a much higher amount because they're putting money in as well. So that is a big, big, strong incentive to put more money in, right? Because you're getting that multiple. Also, you're getting the money tax deferred, okay? So generally speaking, for most people, if you think about it, people work for 30, 40 years and they retire, okay? If that's your setup and you want a kind of hands-off way of making sure you're set up, going with a normal pension is the best way because you've got all of those years in which to build money up. And then when you get to the kind of retirement age, 
then you just want to kind of relax and, and be able to live off that pension. Okay. If you're getting that salary kind of contribution from the, from the employer, even more so, you'll get all of those years when you're getting additional money to put in. But if you're like me and a lot of people that I work with, they want to retire early. They don't want to wait until they're 55 or 65 to be able to retire, right? The big danger with a pension is that you cannot access that money until much later on in life. So if you work really hard and you save a lot of money, right, and you put all that in a pension, let's say you get to an amount of money where you know you can stop working and be able to live off that money in a certain way. You cannot do that if you put it all in a pension until you're 55 because that is when you can access it, okay? So if you want to retire early, putting in a pension restricts you heavily. You can go with a hybrid. So you can say, well, I've now built up so much money outside of a pension situation where I have the flexibility to access it whenever I want that, that when I start to earn more and save up more, I can then start to put that overflow into a pension and be able to take advantage of the benefits of putting it into that pension. You know, the tax benefits, for example. Another consideration to think about is how much are you earning now? How much tax are you paying? What's your effective tax rate? And what do you think that will be when you get to your later years, when you're, you know, retirement age, so to speak? So, for example, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, you're earning less than kind of £50,000 a year, you're, the, the tax you're paying on those like kind of last pounds is 20%, right? But if you believe over the years, you will start to earn more and more, even when you get into your, you know, much more mature years, and you're earning, you know, £100,000 plus, and you're in the kind of 40%, 45% tax bracket, you're deferring tax now, you are opting out of income that would be paying 20% tax, and then you would receive that income as pension later on in life when you're getting 40%, 45% tax. So you can actually be in a situation where you're paying more tax through a pension scheme setup, all right? And that is one of the big kind of misnomers around pensions, all right? But that is not the case for most people. Most people tend to work for many years and then when they get to their art later on in life, that they want to kind of stop working and receive a small amount of money and have a modest life. So if that's you, then great, it will probably benefit you. But the big important point is you need to be thinking about whether that will be you, right? Or whether you are looking to build more and more income. So for me personally, I don't want to be working until 55 and then just stop. I want to be working now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, right? The kind of work I do is work that I will do regardless of what age I am might change my work, I might relax it a little bit. But for me, I will probably be earning more money then than I will be now, right? So my approach to pensions will be different to maybe yours or somebody else's, all right? It's important to make those decisions based on your own situation, taking into account how that will impact um, uh, what you get paid as a pension. 
Another really good thing to think about when it comes to actually putting a pension in some benefits is that when you put into a pension, because you can't touch it for a very long period of time, you physically can't touch it until you're 55, you can put it into investments on a long-term approach. So for example, the S&P 500, putting it into the stock market, hugely volatile, right? <clears throat> but in the long, long term, as an asset class, it does considerably better than many other asset classes. So because you know you can't touch it for a very long time, it's generally considered to be less emotionally affecting on you if you get those big swings in value. And that is something that I personally do. I have the money that is in my pension fully invested in the stock market. And recently we had big drops in the stock market as a result of COVID-19 and the impact on the global economy. Now, if I had that money in my personal bank account, right, and I saw those big drops, that would have affected me a lot more than it being in my pension. When I saw the drop in my pension, I was like, I don't really care because I can't touch that money until I'm 55, right? And I have a very strong confidence that even though it's dropped recently, by the time I'm 55, it would have gone back up and that would have just been a, a little blip in the overall horizon of where the value of that money will have gone from now until then. Look at it just even in the small situation, right? COVID-19, the S&P 500 dropped 35% peak to trough as a result of COVID-19. But just a month later, it rebounded and, and it's back up really only at a 15% drop. So time really heals the things like that. And being forced into a system where you cannot access it, you physically can't access it for a very long time, really helps with that process. But on the flip side, when you put pen money into a pension provider, especially the company ones that you get through your company, can be very restrictive. So yes, you have the choice of where you put the money, but the options can be very, very limited. Each of these providers have a different set of options, you know, and if where you want to put your money based on how you view the markets and, and what you think is going to do well, might not be available. So that is a big implication. Now, there are ways to get around that. You can take that pot of pension and actually move it to another scheme that offers different uh, ways to invest that might include something you want. But again, that takes work and time and effort. And there might be restrictions if you're currently working for the company that's using that provider, okay? So bear all of that in mind. It can be restrictive. Okay. Okay, so guys, in summary, when it comes to whether you should actually choose to set up a pension and invest in a pension, the main things are, one, generally speaking, if you're not massively involved in kind of investments and making your shit set up for retirement, the default should be, yes, invest in a pension and invest a huge amount into that area because for most people, the amount you need to put in is way more than you probably think you need to put in there. The state pension is very low and the age in which you can get it is very high. So you definitely want to be supplementing that with other ways. Um, so getting a private pension is, is, is a must to supplement that, okay? 
there are pros and cons around implications on when you can access it and so on. So if you're wanting to early retire and you think you're gonna be earning more later on in life, considerably more, that actually putting it into a private pension could hurt you and restrict your situation. But there are dangers with that because you're kind of taking it into your own hands and you're having to look for alternative ways to invest it, which may not reliably happen. You could lose the money, right? Um, you know, you might end up spending it because you don't have that self-control. So it does come with some warning signs that if you don't do it adequately, you may be stuck kind of 10, 20 years from now with less money or no money to show to show for that. All right, so assuming you're going to do a pension, the next question then is when and how much? As I said, it's more than you think because we've moved from a setup where most people were on to find benefit scheme, where the companies were taking that risk on and making sure you had enough money coming in uh, to provide a good quality of life, to you having that responsibility. You need to make sure you've got enough money in that pension pot to be able to live off that until you die. Sounds morbid, but until you die, you don't wanna be stuck not having enough money. Second, you know, um, you. The state pension is very low, so you want to be adding to it, right? So you want to be getting as much as possible, okay? Think about how much money you're living off now, okay? Think how much that's, how that's going to change as you start to have a family or lose that family, you know, and those people move away. How much do you actually think you're going to be spending, sorry, wanting to be spending each month when you're at retirement age, right? And then, and then you can go find out. You can go speak to your provider if you've got one. How much money would I need in a pot to be able uh, to get that amount of money each month? And I think you'll be shocked by the number that they're telling you. Next question, next point is if you're looking for early retirement, then you are wanting to put that money then in a more flexible way so you can access it before 55. But then you've got to be thinking, how much returns are you getting from that? Are they reliable returns? Are there risks around that? And is it accessible so you can be able to spend that money before you're 55? A really good, effective way of doing this um, and providing a bit more consistency is through property. That's why it's so popular. And that is because if you invest in a property, you might put, say, £50,000 into that property. But as a result of owning that property, you have a cash flow each month because you're getting rent from it. And after you take away all the costs, you're getting a positive cash flow, right? And that positive cash flow, say 500 pounds each month, can be contributing towards your retirement. So if you say, for example, had enough properties, you could be receiving enough money each month from getting the rent minus all the costs to live off, right? Um, and cover your cost of living. And that doesn't require money in a pension pot. Kind of almost owning those properties is like a pension, okay? But it doesn't come with it without its risks because what if the value of those properties go down? What if somebody moves out and doesn't pay you rent, right? What if the big problem happens with those properties? You need to be aware of that. You need to be actively managing. You need to be careful, right? You need to be aware of those risks and be managing those risks and create almost like mitigation plans in case something happens so you can help resolve it. Do you have some money available spare to, to spend on resolving the problem 
while still being able to have enough money to cover your cost of living, for example. If you've built up enough money so that you can access that money before you're 55 to cover your spending until you're 55, you can then start to put money into your pension on top of that to be able to almost supplement it, right? To add onto it, right? Being able to take advantage of the benefits from a tax perspective, for example, through your kind of private pension as well. State pension, yes, you can get money on that and you can rely on it as part of your pension, but you aren't gonna get it until quite a late age, as late as 68 at the moment. It depends on how many years that you are working and paying national insurance contributions. So if it's less than 10 years, you're not even gonna get it potentially, right? But you need to be going up to 35 years to get that full amount, right? Which is already a very small amount. So you definitely wanna be supplementing that to other means. Okay, last couple of things I'll talk about, right? One is diversify. I'm a big fan of this, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just rely on the state pension or rely on your private pension, right? Go for different approaches so you're getting money from different areas. Make it so that potentially you can get some money from your state pension. Put some money into a private pension so that you can know you're gonna get money through that and have some investments like property, like investing into a portfolio approach, say, or investing in the stock market so that, you know, as you get older, each of these areas can be a source of income for you, right? So if one doesn't go as you'd expect, you know you've got other areas to draw on as well, right? It creates a kind of a safety and reduces the risk. And then lastly, if you think about it, pension is like insurance, okay? when you get to an older life you're able to draw on that and be able to cover your costs right even if you aren't able to work but that's not the only way you can kind of put insurance into your situation you can get insurance health insurance right health insurance if you get ill that can cover the cost of health costs or it can actually pay you if you aren't able to work because of health reasons you could get you could get job loss insurance, right? So if you aren't able to work, you can still get paid. So it's kind of like, almost like, you know, a pension because the whole point of pension is that when you get older, you aren't able to work anymore and that money is able to cover your costs. Equally family, right? A big one, you know, is a common one that's often um, not thought about is a family situation set up where, you know, for example, one person is making money for the family and they, they're thinking that all they need to do to make sure the family is covered while they're alive. But what if that person dies early, then the implications to the rest of the family because that person can't work anymore is huge. So you can get insurance to cover that or you can get almost different ways to build up returns or passive income so that if that person dies or gets ill, it can not only cover that person but the rest of the family. So for example, investing in properties or pensions where that family can still access the money, okay? Don't just think about pension on its own. Think about all of the different kind of risks around to your income, right? And being able to protect your kind of quality of life, your cost of living, even in these situations. All right, guys, hope you found this video helpful and it's got you thinking about your situation your pension situation and what you want to be doing 
based on your circumstances. If you've got any thoughts, questions on this, please let me know in the comment section below. More than happy to give you my thoughts on that. Cover additional topics and areas in future videos uh, off the back of that. If you've liked it, please do remember to like and subscribe to check out my future weekly content. If you know anyone else who could do with getting a kick up the bum when it comes to their pension situation, please do share this video with them too. That's all from me and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.